Hey guys, welcome back to Real Talk. I'd like to say thank you to those who actually listened and took their time out of the day to actually listen to me just talk. But um, today we're going to talk about my mom. All right. So just a little bit of history about my mom. My mom's name is Maria Velez. She was born April 14th, 1967. Um, she was born in Jalisco, Mexico. She has 11 siblings. <laughs> I had to like write everybody's names down and count because I have way too many uncles and aunts. But um, yeah, so she came to the US when she was 19 years old and pregnant with my brother. I didn't even know this until I talked to, the, talked to him the other day because I was trying to get ideas. But yeah, she was pregnant with my brother at 19. Um, my mom was a hard worker from the very beginning um of her life when she first came to the u.s she lived in los angeles with my brother and his side of his dad's family um because again like i said we all have different dads um around the age of three my brother and my mom moved to petaluma one of my mom's goals was to help all her siblings and my grandparents come to the u.s um so so she worked hard for that happen she eventually helped most of them come over here to live a better life while working hard and trying to reach her goals she went through a lot of hard times and a lot of toxic relationships um, my brother was eight years old when my mom had me I thought we were seven years apart we're not we're eight so yeah um, my mom was 27 years old when she had two kids and worked her ass off to get give us all that she could Within the year of having me, my mom had an accident on her, I believe it's her left hand, well, it was her left hand, um, where she lost a finger. And then while going through therapy, like mental therapy and then therapy for her hand, my mom was again dealing with an abusive, toxic relationship. Constantly being accused and threatened and even hit from time to time. Um, when I was about two to three years old, my uncle finally helped my mom get out of this toxic relationship she was in. My mom, through all that she went through, stayed strong and she was a warrior. I mean, that's how I view her. I remember watching my mom get ready and watching her pose for people to take pictures of her, even through all the pain that she was going through or she had dealt. She always had this huge and bright smile on her face. Um, she always had this huge sense of confidence. This lady had so much confidence. I, it amazes me how much confidence she had. My mom loved to sing. I remember her singing and you could hear the pain in the, like throughout the songs that she would sing. But you, you would have never seen her break. Nobody ever saw her break down unless she was super drunk, but even then, nobody took that serious because well she was drunk a month before I turned seven years old my mom gave me a little sister she gave me a little sister to take care of and protect Jocelyn gave my mom so much strength to keep going and keep striving for her goals throughout the years I remember my mom always working sometimes having multiple jobs when she wouldn't be at work she would be at home with us 
blasting music, cooking, cleaning. The years passed us faster than we ever thought they would. In 2004, my mom finally got to work for the company she was dreaming to work for, Kaiser Permanente. Having three kids, going to night school to learn English and working while working at Kaiser, my mom made lots of friends. Some of those friends became a part of our family. Um, and she made a few sisters. My mom was that person that whenever she went somewhere, she made new friends. It didn't matter who you were, how old you were, or anything. She would just make it a point to make you a friend. Throughout the years, our family kept growing. In 2018, we celebrated our last Christmas with her. She had been cooking and drinking. Um, she had been cooking and drinking wine since the early afternoon. I'd say like, because I, I came home around 11 a.m. And she was already she was already feeling it. But by 8 p.m., she was gone. This lady. <laughs> it was the most memorable Christmas I've had with her. I, I can't even, like I can show, I can tell you about it, but you had to be there to live it and to see how amazing this was. So just imagine, <laughs> just imagine my mom's blacked out, right? And then it's my brother, my sister, and my um, uncles were here. And <laughs> my mom's belligerent drunk. And out of nowhere, she just like starts crying. And since I'm buzzed, my brother's buzzed, my sister, is just being my sister. We start laughing and she's like, ¿Por qué se están riendo de mí, pinches pendejos? And started hella crying. And again, we started laughing. So she started crying even more. And my brother was like, mother, smile. <laughs> and she was like crying but smiling at the same time. It was like the weirdest thing ever. I don't know where my mom like blacks out on us. She completely blacks out. And so I'm, I'm already... I'm already buzzed. Like, I'm already, I'm almost drunk to the point where I'm not going to remember anything. But, so she, I, I don't know what happened, but we had to bring her to the room, bring her to the bathroom. And she's wearing this, like, gold, this gold sparkly dress. <laughs> and she's leaning over the toilet, throwing up. And I was like, I look at my brother because I'm dizzy. I'm already dizzy. I'm like, good luck with this. You, you got this. And I walk away. But as I'm walking away, I see that, like, my mom needs new clothes. <laughs> so here I am. Here are me and my brother, drunk, trying to take care of a blacked out person. I don't know how that happened, but we got it done. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh the whole time. Um, and my sister was just cracking up. We have so many videos and pictures from that, from that Christmas that I don't think it'll ever top anything we do now. So yeah, that was our memorable Christmas. In 2019, she traveled. She went to Spain. She had always planned on going, so she finally did. She was so happy, and I was going through her phone, and I found so many selfies of her. And it wasn't just selfies. Like, she probably told people to take pictures of her because I have so many pictures of her just in random spots. So my mom came back from her trip. She was feeling sick, and this was, I'd say, February or March of 2019. Um, 
and she was constantly going to the doctors uh she went to the doctors like two or three times within one month and two of those times they just diagnosed her with the flu and then the next month it was they were saying that she just had a um, infection and she was just to the point where she was like no this isn't normal this isn't right so in june 2019 she was told by her doctor to go straight to the er um, hector soto which is who i call dad now um went with my mom that day she that day when she got there she waited about an hour to get attended within that hour she was diagnosed with aml acute myeloid leukemia Within the hour of being diagnosed, my mom called me at that time. I was with Jocelyn, my sister, and she told me. My mom told me over the phone. Uh, I remember just like gasping for air and questioning leukemia out loud. My mom was wanting to protect Jocelyn immediately. And she said, don't tell Jocelyn, don't, don't tell Yossi. Little did she know it was a little too late for that. <laughs> because if you know Joss, you know she will push until you tell her what's going on. So in a serious tone, I told her, mom was diagnosed with leukemia. And saying it out loud, it was a shock to us. Um, it was such a shock that we didn't really know how to respond. I suck at being emotionally attached to people if that makes sense like I don't know how to respond to people so instantly we both started cracking up and not because it was funny but because we were so emotionally messed up we didn't know how to respond and we just looked at each other we were like what what the hell our mom has leukemia um that day Hector Soto stepped in because the doctors kept treating my mom like any other person they made it seem like what she was going through didn't matter. Hector stepped in and tells the doctors, doctor and the nurses, look, Maria was work, worked for Kaiser for 15 years. She deserves more help, and instantly she was admitted. They, they kept saying they didn't have a bed for her before, but then they were like, okay, we have a room for you. I went to go visit her with Bella, Jocelyn, and my brother that next day, and she told the nurses that my brother and I were her advanced medical directors. As in, if anything were to happen where she couldn't make a call or a decision, we would have to make the decision for her. The nurse left the room, and she then told us if it came, came down to it that she didn't want to be in a ventilator, she didn't want to be on life support to just let her go. The next day I went to see her with Bella and she looked at me and says, Mija, you need to go figure out the life insurance because I spelled your name wrong again. And if anybody knows that, knows that about my mom, she has always spelled my name wrong everywhere we go. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, later. She responded, no, do it today. And I I just looked at her confused and I was like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, you're fine. We're going to be okay. And she, she pushed. She was like, no, you need to go fix it now. 
it's like she had this feeling that it wasn't going to be okay. So I just left it at that. Um, I don't even think I actually came back home and I fixed it. I just let it go. Uh, within 72 hours of getting diagnosed, she was moved to the specialist ho hospital in Oakland. The one person that went to make sure she made it safe was, again, Hector Soto. I then started to go every other day to visit her. Some days, right after work, I would get off at around 3, 3.30 and head straight over to Oakland. And then the days I was off, I'd go twice in one day. I'd take Bella to school, head over there, come back, pick, her, pick up Bella from school, and then go back. My mom was a warrior. Uh, even when she was in pain or when she was in the hospital, she showed us that that wasn't that she wasn't going to give up. The first treatment failed, and when she called me and told me, you could hear her wanting to give up, but you could tell that she wasn't ready. She was hoping for the best. Um, my mom was in the specialist hospital in Oakland for a month. She came home on the 5th of July. She was happy to be home. This lady, there was nothing that could stop her. She was really happy to be home. While she was at home, she had chemo appointments, which seemed to be like every other day. On days that I could take her, uh, I would take her to her chemo appointments. On July 12th, 2019, Bella and I took my mom to her chemo appointment. We waited in the car while my mom got chemo. So my mom wouldn't let anybody go in with her to her appointments, or at least she wouldn't let me go in. Um, so after her chemo appointment, my mom wanted to go to the to church. <laughs> so as I'm driving there, she looks at me and says, no te preocupes. Ya sé que no vas a entrar porque eres la hija del diablo. And she then started to crack up so I, so hard. I was just in shock. I was like, damn, like you really had to put me on blast like that. <laughs> um, we got to the church and I parked. I look at her and I said, pues a ver qué pasa. <laughs> we walked in with her and she kneeled down and was praying in, in front of the altar I think that's what it's called and I had this feeling like I had to capture the moments so I took pictures of her she then got up and with Bella they went to go light candles I don't really know what the candles are supposed to do but they went to go light some, light some candles and I took pictures of them there too after being there for about 30-45 minutes we had to um, head back because she had another appointment for chemo. And again, she went in, uh, she came out, and when she was done, she looks back at Bella and tells me, so your tia Teresa said I need to eat healthy. Y pues, la leche tiene calcium. Y en, nie <laughs> y en la nieve hay leche. So let's go have ice cream. She was so happy. We got our ice cream, and as always, my mom says, Take a picture of me and Bella. 
that day was one of the best days we spent with her. Um, I think that was one of the last good days we had with her. Within that week, I started noticing yellow in my mom's eyes. And I was like, hey, mom, go check, go get that taken look at. Take that. Oh, my gosh, I can't talk. This is a lot. Um, my mom's eyes were yellow. <laughs> and I was like, mom, you need to tell the doctors to take a look at that. And she goes, oh, yeah, Mika, I will. I think she already knew. I, I think she already knew that it was coming to an end. She had severe abdominal pain for a few days. And um, I think it was the 20th of July that Hector, again, Hector took her into the ER. And she had an infection. So within those days, the next day she was she was moved to the ICU, um, and I went to go visit her. And because of the infection that she had, we had to gown up. I had gloves on. I had the gown. I had a mask. Whatever precaution I had to take to go in there to see my mom. And she was already a bit out of it. Um, I went in and. She would wake up a little bit and kind of talk to us, but not really. So I went in and I was like, hey, mom, I'm here. I let her know I was there. And I had a conversation with her and I was like, I was just telling her that I loved her and that everything was going to be fine. And just seeing my mom in that state, I mean, I'm talking about, I see, I've always seen this woman as like this warrior, this strong, independent, confident women in my life to a fragile person like I couldn't she couldn't really talk she couldn't really open her eyes she couldn't get up she couldn't even drink water on her own that was the hardest part for me I I walked out because I again seeing her before that and then seeing her then it was hard um so I walked out, my aunt and my and two of my uncles are in the uh, in the waiting room. My aunt goes back in to talk to her and let her know that she's there and I'm just taking a breather because I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. And my tia Teresa comes rushing out and she's like, Mika, your mom needs you. Your mom's looking for you. Your mom's asking for you. And I just gown up right real quick I don't even know how I got everything on but I was like I patted my mom's shoulder and I said hey mom I'm here what's going on and again she was drowsy she wasn't really opening her eyes she would kind of talk but not really she opens her eyes turns her head at me and says Mika ya déjame ir and I'm like no mom you're fine you're gonna be okay and again firm no, Mika, yeah, they come eat. And I was like, okay, I, I love you, Mom. She said, I love you, and passed out again. 
and well obviously I was crying I had a hard time dealing with that I told her I, I had just told her I love you I felt like I was that was the last one but um I walked out and I talked to my uncle and my aunt my aunt and I tell them what she told me and they just they just shrugged it off like it didn't mean anything but like deep down I knew that she was already letting go she was already tired of fighting like I I the tone in her voice, the way she just laid back down, I could tell. So, again, I tell them, they're just like, no, it's fine, Mika, she's going to be okay. Again, sugarcoating it. So, at that point, I I was like, no, I need answers. I go to the nurse and I say, what are we looking at? I don't know why or how I... or." how I even got the gut to be like what is going on with my mom what are we looking at and instantly she was like are you sure are you sure you can handle this and I said yeah let me know what's going on with my mom she told me to sit down and she was like look your mom she's she's done basically she told me my mom had liver failure Think kidney failure she already was maxed out on all the meds that she that we could think of she didn't want to be in a ventilator they had already put her on the ventilator because we weren't around to make that decision and it's just like if anybody needs to come say their goodbyes they should come so I was like okay we, that was the 23rd that was the 23rd of July and on July 24th 2019 at 5 in the morning my aunt calls me because she had stayed with my mom and she says Mika you guys need to come and you guys need to make your decision now and so here I am at the house with Jocelyn and I'm like okay we gotta go I let's go so it's me Jocelyn and I go pick up my brother we get there and the the again we have to um, we have to gown up and we go in we all say hey mom we're here and again my mom is still I mean she's in there somewhere and we just have to hey mom we're here love you we talk to her a little bit uh the doctors come in and the doctor gives us three options basically my uncle's in the room my aunt's in the room and it's me my brother my sister and our three options were one put her through a surgery where she would most likely die on the table without anybody around her um two keep her on all the meds that she she was already maxed out on and wait to see if there was going to be change but again everything was already bad as it was and she was suffering a lot or three put her on morphine and let her go on her own 
and I look at my uncle, I look at my aunt, and the doctors say, do we have any questions? What are we, what are we thinking? And I look at my brother and I couldn't, I couldn't say anything. I, I don't know if it was my brother or me that spoke up, but again, we, we asked our uncle and our aunt what they thought. And we all agreed that it was time to let my mom go. So at that point, we started comfort care. Um, Well, we made our decision on comfort care. So we would tell the doctors when we were ready to start everything. So A couple hours passed by and we called whoever we thought needed that we thought that needed to be there and to say their goodbyes to my mom. So at one o'clock they started comfort care with my mom and a lot of her friends a lot of her friends that had become family came out and we were all just there with her. I had a moment with my mom. Jocelyn had a moment with her, with my mom and my brother. I mean, it's not like we were ready to let her go, but we knew she was ready to let go. So while we were waiting for her to go, um, we had music on for her. I sang to her. sing a lot to her and nobody had known that I sang everybody was like who are you but I was just singing for her um, so at one, at some point about seven I walk out I don't even think it was seven like 720 something like that I walk out because I was like I can't do this like I could already see that she was she was about to give up and just go um I walked out I didn't want to do it I didn't want to see that happen my sister was in there my brother was in there and some of my cousins were in there and I walk out and I just see a waiting room full with my aunts my uncles my mom's friends my godparents And out of nowhere, I hear, Yelly, Yelly, your your sister needs you. Your sister needs you. And I rushed. I was like, oh, no, Jocelyn. Jocelyn needs me, like, quickly. I put on, I don't even know. I know one of my cousins helped me put on everything, but I don't even remember putting it on. I remember just going to the side of the bed where my mom, my sister was at, and I grabbed my mom's hand. And I was like, Mom, I'm here. And as I'm taking a deep breath, my mom took a deep breath. And we all basically took a breath with her. And that was her last breath. I was crying for a little bit. And I instantly was like, oh, no, Jocelyn. I turned to Jocelyn. And I was like, Jocelyn, are you OK? Like, I'm holding Jocelyn. And it was so hard to... 
and be like, shit, we just lost our mom. So Jocelyn walks out and I think we all just said our last goodbyes with my mom and we walked out. Not, it was like that was it. That was, after everything my mom had gone through, that was her last moment. And it's a sad moment, but it was also a good moment because she was surrounded by everybody that she loved and that she cared for. Um, so, like, maybe a couple hours later, we're all getting ready to leave, and Hector goes, mom's stuff's still in there. <laughs> and at this point, again, me and Jocelyn don't really know how to react to people. We don't know how to, we don't know how to react in general. So we were like, we're not going in there. Hector goes in, grabs my mom's stuff. And yeah, that was it. It was like what felt like an eternity at the moment went by like nothing. I mean, it didn't take me that long to explain how everything happened. But felt like years when we were going through it um that same night I turned to alcohol and shouldn't be an excuse for how I dealt with it but it's how I dealt with it for a few months that's all I did I drank to go to sleep and I drank to wake up. My sister was out at college, so that was her escape. And my brother, well, not really sure how he dealt with it. But so then the next day, out of nowhere, I was like, we need to do a candlelight service. And again, I was drunk. Hector was drunk. Hector was like the love of my mom's life. And you could tell that, you can still tell that Hector still loves my mom. So we did that. And to start off the candlelight, we had wine because that was my mom's thing. My mom loved wine. And so ever since then, on the 24th of every month, we have a glass of wine at 7.30 every day. Well, the 24th. But, yeah, I mean, we're still dealing with it. It's been two years, going on three, right? 2019, 20, 21, yeah, going on three years. Um... It doesn't get any, it hasn't gotten any easier. I still have my moments where it's like, fuck this. I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to know about any of this. I don't want to do 
any of this and I close off and I push people away and I just do my own thing my sister is out in college and she's the most amazing person after going through all everything that she's gone through I think we're just all still coping at the moment but I guess maybe talking about it and going through the clothing line and just trying to focus on the present moment will help us but for now that's her story yeah so thank you for listening and tuning in to this episode if you guys need to talk or vent I'm here thank you to everyone that was there for my mom thank you to Hector and my siblings and to my brother for telling me that my mom was pregnant at 19 (laughs) I didn't know that so yeah tune in guys for the next episode I love you and I miss you, Mom. That is all.